Welcome to Opera Apéro. <laughs> I'm Sophia Makemson, and I'd like to introduce my guest, Kyle Genovese. Hello! <laughs> ich bin Kyle! <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> Tonight? This evening? Great question. Hello and welcome to Opera Apéro. I'm your host, Sophia, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the opera... Il Trovatore, uh, with my friend, Kyle. Hey. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kyle. Oh, sorry. It's been Kyle, yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle, how do we know each other? That's a great question, Sophia. I'm really happy you asked that. So, we met in Boston in 2018, mm-hmm. um, and we had this mutual friend named Marguerite, and she invited me to this guy named Elliot's Christmas party. And she was like, Sophia's moving to Berlin like next month. Um, you guys should be friends. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And um, I think we talked a little bit that night, but mm-hmm. I really, I don't remember about what or... Then I moved to Berlin six months later or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to you and asked if we wanted to get coffee, and then we were friends. <laughs> We've been buds ever since, and we yeah. go on weird adventures together. For the record, I do remember meeting you at that party. When you reached out to me, I was also like, yeah, we met at the Christmas party with Elliot, with the giant snowman, inflatable yeah, that's, snowman. <laughs> that's, I was like, this man is just living large with his inflatable snowman, like blowing fake snow all over the place. At least in my head, it there was, was like not so fake snow no, all was, over the place. <laughs> no, but in my head, it was so much more grand. Than it probably was. It was actually just like some dude's apartment, and he put up a, a little inflatable snowman. But I was just like, it was a winter wonderland. Okay. No, the snowman legitimately went up to the ceiling of it was the true. apartment. It was very tall. But, but in my head, I was like, it's magical. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Yes. Have you been to or seen an opera? So, I had to think long and hard. Yes, I have. I've seen one opera, and it was here in Berlin. Ooh. Yeah. But it was the craziest thing I had ever seen in my whole life. It lasted three hours, and the whole time I thought I was on drugs. I thought somebody drugged me. But... (laughs) (laughs) It was the craziest thing. It was uh, Die Zauberflute. The reason I say it's the craziest thing I ever saw was they did this very Berlin-style interpretation of all the costumes and the stage. Mm -hmm. So all the music was the same. It was still, like, very beautiful and, like... (laughs) But everything else was so wild. It was, like, toy-themed, so everybody was dressed as, like, a... A figurine by the end i was like am i in reality i think some people so we did it as a, a team um uh, like through work it was like a team bonding mm-hmm. event we went to go see this opera and i think a lot of people were expecting to have like a very classy evening because you know you think opera you think oh i'm gonna put on my my gown and and go to the opera house and and eat tiny food with little binoculars and things Um, but then they watched this and it was just so bizarre and like, there was like graffiti, but it it was cool. It was, it was an experience. Oh my God. That's so cool. I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, so the opera that we're going to talk about today is called Il Trovatore, and it's composed by Giuseppe Verdi. This was a... It's sung in Italian. Um, and it is one of my favorite operas. <laughs> so you have been telling me that you've been um, kind of sitting on this this opera for a while, so like saving it for me, and you've been... You haven't been telling me any any hints. You've been giving me hints. I have. What hints have I given you? Not anything good. Just <laughs> or nothing I can work with. But you're just like, oh my god, Kyle, this opera. Oh my god, the twist. Oh, and the characters. Oh my god, you're in for it. I'm just like, I'm so hyped up already. Okay. Oh my god. I just like I don't want to give too much away because then you'll anticipate too much. Um, I have some questions up yeah. front. Uh, when was this composed? Are operas composed or written? Both? Neither? So, created. That's, yeah. That's the verb I'm yeah. going to use. Um, so there's like two parts of the opera. There's the music, and then there's the actual words. So the opera, the composer has written all the music, but the librettist is the person who uh, creates all the, like, words to the songs so every opera has the composer but then also has the librettist and they usually like work together so it was um first performed in 1853 but the opera itself takes place in spain in the 15th century okay Mm -hmm. um okay so we're gonna let's start the opera okay okay i'm so excited okay what's it called again (laughs) Il trovatore. Okay, il trovatore. Okay. Do you know what that means? No. Okay. Il trovatore means the troubadour. Okay. Uh, okay. Do you know what a troubadour is? No. I'm really dumb. <laughs> um, a troubadour is I like a... I speak no languages. <laughs> well, you know D&D. I do know D&D. Troubadour is like a bard. Okay, I don't know D&D that well. All right. I just like... <laughs> I'm aware of what it is, and I... Um, a troubadour is, like, a um, a person who, like, goes around, like, singing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, like, a performer. Okay. Yeah. For money or for fun? Yeah, for money, for love, for, love. for serenading. Okay, for the love of love. Let's get into the opera. Okay. I was so pumped. Oh my gosh. I need to stop saying that because it's just hyping it up. So, um, um, il trovatore. Il trovatore. Il trovatore. I'm going to fuck it up. Say il, it in fun Italian. You're Italian. Il, il trovatore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like as soon as I put my shoulders and like hands into it, like it comes, it just comes out naturally. But yeah. So, the opera starts. Um, imagine a like castle fortress in spain in the 15th century (laughs) um and we have one of our main characters count de luna and his forces are situated at the base of camp at the base of this like fortress castle guarding it um and count de luna is one of the like part of the royal forces and so in this castle is the princess and her ladies-in-waiting. One of the ladies-in-waiting is named Leonora. Count de Luna is obsessed with Leonora, obsessively, like, in love with her, 
Um, and so he's kind of just like pacing about the like grounds, just thinking about her and it's late at night. Um, and his troops to keep awake, uh, they do a little bit of plot exposition. (laughs) They do what? A little bit of plot exposition in the form of a song. So the, the like Count de Luna's second, uh, in, in second man, uh, second in line, his like go-to guy, um, his name is Ferrando. He starts to sing a song about the history of Count de Luna's family. Uh, and it starts with when Count de Luna was younger and a uh, gypsy woman snuck into their like castle, uh, and snuck into their home, and then was found by uh, standing over the crib of Count de Luna's baby brother. And uh-huh. <laughs> this is already wild. This is like part of their family's history. Yeah. Like everyone knows the gypsy lady story. Yeah. Go so on. the baby's like nurse maid finds the gypsy woman there and they like promptly are like, oh my gosh, and remove this uh, stranger from their home. And but then unfortunately, shortly after this, the the baby became sick and was sick for a while and so they were like did they blame the gypsy the gypsy woman clearly bewitched him kyle oh obviously yeah and so they were like she's a witch burn her at the stake oh so they refer okay they like um so they detained her immediately yeah yeah, they burned her um Mm -hmm. and then as she was done as she was going up in flames she yells out to her daughter to avenge her um okay so then the the daughter of the gypsy woman went and kidnapped the baby, the baby that had fallen ill, that had been bewitched, and disappears. But then, after they were cleaning the ashes of the, like, gypsy woman's pyre, they find the, like, bones of a baby. What? What? (laughs) What? (laughs) So, I mean... That's like a spooky ghost story. So basically, like, the daughter kidnapped the baby and tossed him into the flames along with her mother um, as vengeance. The father, uh, overwhelmed with grief, and the father actually dies shortly after from the overwhelming grief he feels. But until then, he didn't, despite all of this, he was in denial about the fact that his son had actually died. And so on his deathbed, he makes count the current Count de Luna, his son, mm-hmm. um, promise to find his brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so to uh, review, this was all sung to him in song form. This is sung by Ferrando, his second in command, to the troops. So this is like a fine thing to sing with your fellow soldiers it's like the horrible and sad history of your boss maybe it's not okay to do it but it's okay for the purpose of doing plot exposition that's amazing it's creative i I, I really love it so far okay yeah so now we hooked already now that that was just backstory like yeah that's just backstory (laughs) um so that's the intro to count de luna as a person Okay. As a character, rather. Um, Is he so, an attractive man? You know, I guess it really depends on who's singing the role. Okay. 
but they're not like seeing like man you're so attractive like no okay. in this in this story Count Luna is actually kind of a villain oh mm-hmm. okay yeah they can still be attractive but okay go on yeah I have an image in my head I'm okay. trying to paint okay um so he's like a bodybuilder type in my head <laughs> it could work it could work um so he doesn't have much of a neck <laughs> Um, so the next scene mm-hmm. is Leonora, the princess's lady in waiting, uh, singing to one of her friends about how she met this young man before the war has started, uh, and he's a troubadour, and he has since started coming to her window and like singing to her every night and serenading her. And she's so in love with him. Um, And uh, she absolutely can't stand Count de Luna. Does not want to be with him. Um, He seems troubled. Yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of trauma. Yeah. um, Which is all fair. I think it's fair. Um, But you know, be aware. um, So, so she she sings her feelings, uh, and then she hears her troubadour in the distance, and she rushes down to the courtyard to finally meet him. Uh, Count de Luna, because he's so obsessively in love with her, has also gone into the courtyard in hopes of seeing her and talking to her. Uh, and in the darkness, and in her excitement about her troubadour, she accidentally embraces Count de Luna. <gasps> and the troubadour sees it. No. Yeah. It just started the romance and it's already in turmoil. Yeah. And and then um the troubadour is just like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on?" And then she's like, "Oh, it was an accident. I thought it was you." And then she's like, "I actually love you." And he's like, "Great, grand." And then he exposes his identity. And it turns out he's Manrico. He is the leader of the rebel forces <gasps> that Count de Luna is fighting. Wait, he's the leader of, of like an army and he's like sneaking off at night to like play a mandolin for a, a pretty girl. Oh my God. <laughs> Spain in the 15th century. The double lives we lead. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> so Count de Luna is just like... My rival on the battlefield, also my rival for love. That's devastating. Yeah, and so, enraged, he challenges him to a duel. Naturally. And that's how the first act ends. Holy cow. Okay, (laughs) so, act two starts off a ways in the future. Mm -hmm. And so, it starts off in the uh, gypsy camps in the mountains. Uh... Okay. Yes. So it starts off with this really great piece of music called the Anvil Chorus, where they're kind of like metal welders. And so you know what an anvil is? Yeah, I've watched Looney Tunes. Yeah, that's the exact example I was going to give. But so they have these anvils and they're kind of just like pounding and making noise but all it's it's a very oh like powerful jovial like song my upstairs neighbor go on <laughs> yeah. um and it's also a great excuse to have a bunch of ripped shirtless men on stage oh okay yeah so it kind of turns into um was it like thunder from down under kind of vibe i don't know what that is oh, okay don't worry about it okay <laughs> it's like a chippendales thing oh <gasps> 
but it's like yeah. I saw it in Vegas and it's like shirtless Australian guys whether or not they're actually Australian is not mm-hmm. is not known by anyone they're like this is Aiden with the dreamy eyes and Aiden is like coming out with okay so, so they're on this they're at this gypsy camp yeah and so so they wrap up the their jovial power song uh and azucena comes out mm-hmm. azucena is the gyp- burned gypsy woman's daughter okay the one and she sings about how she's like haunted by her past and she uses all this vivid imagery of flames like consuming her guilt and stuff um and so manrico returns to camp because it turns out manrico is azucena's son oh what yeah (laughs) the son of a gypsy is leading this army that he's against count de luna yeah he's done well for himself and manrico's mom is the one who killed count de luna's oh snap (laughs) (laughs) there's layers there's so many layers yeah there's gonna be one more hold on okay Uh, so manrico is like he sees his mom being consumed and being uh lost in thought and he's just like please like you've always been very reserved and not like explain what's happened in the past like please tell me like what happened so (laughs) as uchena explains like well there's this one time <laughs> so she's like yeah like she explains the whole story about her mom being burned at this at the stake um and she adds in one important detail which is that she she just talks about how um emotional and like intense it was and she was confused uh and in such a like a, a almost like a fugue state that she accidentally threw in her own baby to the flames. Excuse me? She ha- she also had a baby, and she mixed up the babies. Why does she think that? She just knows that she mixed up the babies. Oh my god. So that means that the baby that's left... Is the guy's brother. The, her, his dad died from grief. And now he's in war with his brother, and now they're both fighting over the same girl. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Um. So Manrico is just like, wait, that means like I'm not your son. And she's like, listen, that was like a mistake made in an emotional like state. Like I love you. And then she was like. I've raised you this whole time, like, to a, he's, like, an adult, like, she's, like, I've raised you to adulthood, uh, and, um, in the, like, in between act one and act two, there was the duel, and so it's revealed, uh, Manrico actually reveals that he won the duel, but something stopped him from killing, um, Count de Luna during the duel like he's like he describes it as this like i just feel this brotherly connection he doesn't know it's a brotherly (laughs) connection he's just like there's this like force that's like stopping me but yeah uh and so azutana and and so then after this duel is over there's actually a battle in which uh count luna completely like his troops just like own manrico's troops and like manrico is presumed dead in this battle and so azutana 
walks through the battlefield to find her son mm-hmm. and like she she doesn't believe that he's dead and so she goes and finds him on the battlefield he's like barely alive she brings him back to their like camp and nurses him back to health and so she's like look like i've raised you to adulthood i was the only one who went out to look for you on that battlefield and like she's like despite the fact that you're not my own son like i love you like my own son and like do not like question that that's very emotional jeez okay mm-hmm. yeah i mean she's, yeah yeah and he's that's just a lot so he kind of like accepts that he's like yeah that's fair she's that's like, like almost lost two sons now or she lost one son mm-hmm. oh my gosh mm-hmm. yeah so yeah like if she still has these motherly feelings for him that and so he, even despite the fact that he is like the count Luna's brother um and so but she does encourage him she's like you know what despite this like the next time you have the opportunity to kill count Luna, like don't hesitate she's like i don't she's like whatever like stopped you in that duel like get over it um interesting well yeah because like that's his like rival yeah i feel like uh, uh, militaristically? Yeah, I guess you can't really call off a war just because you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think you're my brother. You know what? Guys, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you take the girl. No, you take the girl. No, I, I insist. Yeah. yeah, and like even if they are like technically brothers, like they still have had such different lives, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so... They have this really great emotional scene, uh, and then a messenger comes to the camp and brings news that because Leonora heard that Manrico died on the battlefield and has just been presumed dead for so long and hasn't been heard of or seen because he's been being nursed back to health, Uh um, and she's trying to avoid the advances of Count de Luna, she has decided to go into a convent and become a nun. Ooh. That's a choice. So what happens when you become a nun? Is that like a permanent thing? I think so. Okay, so she's a nun off the table. Yeah. So that's she, you gotta really not be into somebody for, <laughs> for to force them into nunhood. Yeah. Nunnery. <laughs> to the nunnery. <laughs> to the nunnery with you. <laughs> You know what? Not for me. I'm just going to go be a nun. <laughs> That'd be an interesting way to like after a first date if you're like I'm not I don't want to ghost them. I should say some Listen, I'd love to go on a second date, but I have a greater love. <laughs> I am going to the nunnery. <laughs> Never to be heard from again. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So, Manrico is just like, oh no, I have to go intervene and stop this from happening. Because, like, if she knew I was alive, she wouldn't go become a nun. Because we just love each other so much. Okay, so there is still time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. okay. So, that's the end. So, he leaves to go intervene. That's the end of Act 2. Now, Act 3 starts. Uh, Count DeLuna has had the same idea. He, he also doesn't want her to become a nun. Would. It's because they're brothers. They think alike. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Count Luna shows up at the convent with his troops. 
and is like there to intervene. Uh-huh. Um, and then Manrico also shows up with his troops. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and they duel again? There's some like general chaos, and once again, like Manrico cannot kill Count Deluna, and then Manrico and Leonora escape within the chaos. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. So she escaped the nunnery. Oh, my mistake. That scene was actually part of Act 2. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, that sounded very Act 2-y. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. End of Act 2. Manrico and Leonora have escaped together. Count de Luna once again alone. So, Act 3. When Leonora and Manrico escape, they go and um, end up staying in this castle. Some castle. And Count de Luna tracks him down, and his, him and his troops are uh, at the base of the castle, just waiting for them to come out and, like, get them. And who is caught wandering around the grounds of the castle? The baby. No, Azucena. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's like... She just is... She seems like a, like a scoundrel or something. Like, she's always kind of lurking and, and there... She's, I'm suspicious. She's of her. like, see, she's trying to find Manrico. Yeah, she loves her bait. She loves her son. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's caught wandering the grounds trying to get into the castle, uh, and Ferrando brings her in and is like, "Wait a second. And then they identify her as the like daughter of the gypsy woman who killed Count Deluna's brother. Oh, how do you do that? They're like, you look familiar. Didn't we burn somebody who looked like you? <laughs> 15th century. No, actually, so, wow. like, Azucena just acts really weird around Count de Luna, and, like, when he says things to her, she gives, like, weird responses, and so they kind of, like, she sets off some, uh, like, questioning, and then they're like, wait a second. Okay. Uh, so they're like, oh, wait, you're Azucena. You're Manrico's mom, which means... We can now use you as bait to get Manrico out of the castle. Oh, poor Manrico. He can't win. I mean, but actually he can win. He is. He's lucky in love. Ugh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm so cynical right now. Like, yeah, sure, he's won. But has he? <laughs> I mean, so Manrico has won in love, but Count Deluna is the one who wins in battle. Yeah. But it sounds like Man Manrico is about to get murdered, so mm-hmm. Yeah. So um as a way to get Manrico out of the castle, the count orders that Azucena will be burned at the stake, at the pyre, much like her mother. Okay. Um and so inside the castle, Manrico and Leonora have a, a song or two about their love for each other and that's nice. Um, and then a messenger comes in and is like, by the way, they got your mom and they're going to kill her. Uh, and Manrico's <laughs> you just... You see that smoke out there? <laughs> That's for your mom. <laughs> okay, one more love song. And then we got to do something about your mom. Yeah, so here's the thing is that Manrico and Leonora were about to get married. They were like, but they were just spent too much time singing about their love. Like if they had yeah. spent less time singing about love could have gotten married i say that about most things yeah <laughs> if i just spent less time singing about just... my problems <laughs> other people are saying like you know <laughs> you're wasting your time 
<laughs> Other people are doers and I'm a singer. <laughs> they put they put their like impending nuptials on pause to go save the mom. However, as we see in all in his past performance, Manrico's troops are once again defeated in battle by Count Deluna. Okay, yeah. They, yeah. Oh, for two. Yeah. Uh, so now Count De, now Manrico and Azucena are both imprisoned by Count Deluna, and Leonora is free, ambling about, and she's just like tortured, and she's. She comes up with a way, and because she's so deeply in love with Manrico, where she thinks, I can leverage Count Deluna's love of me to free the one I actually love. And so she goes and proposes to Count Deluna that she'll marry him if he sets Manrico free. Okay. And so... uh, Seems reasonable. Good plan. Yeah, right? Uh, And so Count Deluna, of course, is like, all right, yeah. That's <laughs> what I wanted the whole time. I was like, I just want love. I just want to be held. <laughs> um, just want to be the little spoon. <laughs> In my head, it's so much funnier because I just... <laughs> the bodybuilder. <laughs> I think of him as just such a massive man. Yeah. Um, so that they agree on this. Um, but Leonora would rather die than be married to count de luna so she says she get another fire going (laughs) (laughs) oh no we spice it up because this time she takes poison um a slow acting poison that will allow manrigo to be freed and then she'll die so she'll he'll she'll never have to marry the count de luna really and hold up her end of the bargain okay now that they've accepted this, she's taken the poison secretly. Uh, they go to the like prison where Manrico and Azucena are being held, and they're having songs about being miserable, and Azucena is kind of like uh, singing about her memories and about like longing for her camp in the mountains. Um, and then Leonora comes in and tells Manrico, "Hey, you're like you're free. Like go run, like escape." Be free. <laughs> um, like, get out while you still can. Go. <laughs> get out of here. I don't want you. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm free. Like, but I can't leave without you. Like, let's go. And she's like, I can't leave. Um, and I have to go die. <laughs> she. Um, so she explains to him what she's done to secure his freedom. That she explains that she she mostly says I've like agreed to marry the count in exchange for your freedom. Manrico gets upset. Naturally, yeah. He's just like, I can't believe you would sell your body like this. <laughs> oh no! So he just like shames her. He's like shunning her. He's like, how could you like sell that your love and your heart? And oh. he's like, just like. He's just, like, singing and, like, being really upset with her. And meanwhile, it depends on how the car- how the um, the singers actually portray it. But when I saw it, he's, like, singing this song. And sh- at this point, Leonora can't walk. And she's just kind of lying on the floor and, like, <laughs> moving with her arms. And he doesn't know this. And she's, he like, started- army crawling. He, he, he 
eventually starts to notice and then he realizes she's dying and then like they actually like reconcile really quickly and then she dies in his arms count de luna comes in and is just like wait he's like where's my wife (laughs) she's dead oh f this like he's like all right manrico you're dead and so they like the guards like take manrico to the other room and like kill him now azucena gets up and goes (laughs) she goes that was your brother damn mother you're avenged That's the end of the opera. Oh my god. What? Let that wash over you for a second. Holy. Dang. She was like. She's the puppeteer. She was, so she was telling Manrico the whole time. Like, oh, I care about you. But really, she's like, oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna screw this guy over. Dang. She played the long game. The longest of the Ooh. long games. Good for her, but that is cold-blooded. Yeah. Holy cow. (laughs) Dang, so Count DeLuna, uh, if we're wrapping up here, he's left with nothing and no one. Um, He's just murdered his brother. He's just murdered his brother. Or rather, ordered the execution of his brother, yeah. Yeah. The one that he had promised his father he would find. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That is a really wild play. So you I think you hyped it up the correct amount. Um I I am fully satisfied. <laughs> that is a truly wild story. And you asked me prior to this, like, what kinds of stories do I like? And I don't remember my answer, but uh did I say I just like wild things? Yeah, I did. Uh, but see, the thing is that a lot of operas are wild, but this is my favorite because it is truly so wild. Yeah, like I love stories that have like twists and turns and like big reveals and whatnot. And um, you delivered. This was truly a treat. <laughs> wow. I want to watch it now. How long is this opera? Uh, I, I was like a little less than two and a half hours. Okay, so that's it's a long movie. I could do that. I love this opera because sometimes when I'm bored, I'll just start to think and I'm like, she really did that. Yeah. I like that. Like, I I just start to think about like her mindset of like, oh, and like, I accidentally killed my own child. So I'm going to devise this elaborate scheme. And then it makes sense. Like why she went on the battlefield to like find him. Yeah. Like, it's not enough for him to, like, just be killed in the battlefield. Like, it has to be in this very I told you I was suspicious way. of her, right? I was like, she's either, like, a helicopter mom or she's up to something. She was both. She was both. <laughs> <laughs> Man, insane. So are a lot of operas, are they just as wild as this? Or are they mostly, like, kind of love? stories or there's a lot of love stories but i mean like there's love stories like this one's kind of a love story in its own way uh it has a love in it love of revenge yes (laughs) in fact the love of revenge might be greater than manrico and leonora's love (laughs) (laughs) i think we all learned something here today (laughs) 
revenge above everything oh, else. Yeah. As Uchaina seems like on top of the world when she does that. Yeah. Last line. <laughs> like I love that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, after she delivers the line, like Count Luna like collapses on the floor usually, and then it, the curtain closes. <laughs> Very cool. Um, did you have like a wrap up question? Oh, the wrap up question is, what did you think? Oh, okay. we've already answered it on your own. Nice. <laughs> I remember you said there were three questions. I was like, okay, I think I got it. Counting on my hand. Eins, zwei, those are I've exhausted all of my German. Yeah, this I I love this story because it just builds on. There's just like layers, like every scene. You're just like, what? Yeah, like every act, and especially like it just it starts off so strong with like first song. It's like here's this like messed up story about the count losing his oh baby God. brother to like a right. gypsy bewitching and being thrown into a fire. You're right. I almost forgot about that That's like about where that we part. started. I. I really, it took maybe 30 minutes for you to tell me the story. I already forgot about that nutso beginning because so many nutso things happened afterwards. And it felt like every act ended on like a crazy cliffhanger or like some crazy reveal. And it did just build from there. And I was just taken along for the ride. (laughs) But yeah, holy crap, you're right. The beginning, they're just like, so... Let's lay some ground, uh, some <laughs> groundwork here. Truly, uh, yeah, every act alone could have been its own story. Yeah, well, and, so, and I like how they it was like threaded together. It it made for a really mm-hmm. cool. I don't know. I just I really did love that ending so much. Yeah, these stories are all just like insane and like about people who are driven by their basest instincts. So, like, Count Eluna takes his troops, his troops, to intervene in a a woman becoming a nun at a convent. Like, they storm a convent. Part of me is also just, like, I'm so unaware of, like, historical, like, (laughs) anachronisms and so on. But it's like, maybe that's what they did back then. Maybe that's what the army was for. (laughs) That's how how I look at most things in history. I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I guess that's what they just did in the 15th century. Like, were they at war with another country? If not, maybe they were like, well, we gotta do something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is what I want to ask you. With all your uh, military knowledge about Mm. um, war strategy and things, (laughs) how would you rate... (laughs) This, this the, tactic? <laughs> the tactics deployed by both uh, Manrico and Count de Luna. Well, my war knowledge is not... It's, it's not that much. Like, I read let's the art of war. dad on here. Yeah, let's get my dad. Yeah. Like, my dad... I grew up in a military family. My dad was in the military, and I worked for the military for a bit. And I once read the art of war, and I was like, okay, cool, I got it. <laughs> but how do I rate so their strategy? So, of the two of us... You know more about war. So thinking, You're the expert here. Okay, okay. I'll see what I can do. So um, they definitely were not uh, taking into consideration any kind of um, surprise element. They were both just like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to go to the nunnery. They both showed up at the same time. What about the use of Azucena as bait? That was quite good. Um that was a really good tactic. It would have worked too had what's her face not wanted to poison herself. Uh, I was thinking of um, 
I think it was a bad idea for Manrico to send his army right back in the battle with Count Aluna's army, even though they just suffered a horrible defeat. And he was like, "Nah, guys, let's rally. We're uh, we gotta go get this girl. We gotta for the good of of our our cause, whatever." Of it my is. love life. Of my love life. You know, if your general's happy, we have a happy army and we have a, ha- a happy country. That's how it goes. And they're probably like, sure. Adds up. Adds <laughs> I see no flaw in this logic. Sure enough. Sure. <laughs> Let's go get our general a girlfriend. <laughs> Let's go. They don't mention anything like that in any kind of, like, war strategy that I know of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So that's the opera. I, well, one, I hope we do eventually watch it together, because that would be just delightful for me. They need to make this into a movie. They really do. <laughs> yeah. This is like some Game of Thrones nonsense. They would take the opera out, I guess, because yeah. people aren't going to be as into it. I would watch it, though. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's all I want. I have a convert. <laughs> Just the one. It was all worth it. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, one last thing. Um, you said at the beginning, or, yeah, I told you at the beginning I watched that one opera. I was like, oh, that was going to be fancy. And then it just, like... It was just not. Um, but yeah, you were saying like a lot of these opera plots aren't are pretty nuts, and yeah, maybe they aren't as like fancy and unapproachable as I thought. You know, mm-hmm. like opera is for everybody. It is for everybody <laughs> because it's just insane. It's just insane drama. It's just reality TV level of drama exactly. or exceeding reality TV level. Because I feel like this this one in particular is exceeds reality TV level. Um, yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing this opera experience with me. And thank you to the listeners. <laughs> Do you want to say anything? Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, this was delightful. And just a really nice way to spend an evening, like, talking about this story. It was so nice. And I, I hope to be invited back. And, Yeah. This is super great. Awesome. Uh, So thank you, everyone. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Bye. Bye. So um, I love the podcast. Big fan. Um, I think you should have your guests uh, try to sing what they think the opera would sound like um, after they hear the story. This is going to be um, Count uh, not Count Olaf, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, in my head, my interpretation of Count De Luna um, <laughs> singing to what's her name? Leonora. <laughs> Leonora. <laughs> this, is gonna, this is the first time I've ever, I'm singing opera. Uh, <laughs> To, to the public. It's a debut performance. This is my debut performance. <laughs> Bitch, get away from that nunnery. <laughs> I will send all my men to die.
gonna go quit my job. <laughs> Try to stop me. <laughs> <laughs>